The following resource is by CBC Mokopani. For more resources like this, check out our website at www.christbaptistmokopani.com. It's been five years. It it was a a journey with quite a number of people. Christ Baptist Church Mokopani is a testimony of closed doors and open doors. Uh, The Lord closed the door for Ria and I and he opened another door for us. And we took the opportunity to be brave enough. And it, it started all in, in a, a very strange way. I was introduced to people, um, all drug addicts, staying out in the bush where someone um, uh, was working with them and trying to rehabilitate them. And I've seen young people coming to Christ. I've witnessed some extraordinary things right in front of me um, one Sunday morning. And I I need to just uh, tell you about that incident. A young man was sitting right in front of me and he was an open Satanist. And he laughed at me as I was preaching the gospel and he showed me the tattoos of Satan's Instagrams on his arms. And he was literally challenging me. But I kept preaching the gospel and I saw how he started shrinking. He, he, was, he was shrinking, cringing later. And uh, the Friday night, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that this is a church known for its prayer. And at one of the... And at the house of one of the men and, and, and his daughter who left the church a few years ago due to theological reasons, um, that Friday night, that young man broke before the Lord. He confessed his sins because of the fear of God that overcame him. He confessed that he's a sinner and that he's on his way to hell. He repented there on his knees. That was the most extraordinary experience I ever had. And that young man's life was changed. And that is how this church was started. Uh, There were quite some humoristic incidents in those days. Um, These drug addicts would sit here, 20 of them, and then one would go to the bathroom and start running away, and then all 20 run away. And then someone had to go and fetch them and gather them again. Uh, So we had 25 people in the church and then 20 run away, so we had five left. That's how we started. But the things that God had done was tremendous and it was amazing. And the people that he added was just an experience that I would never exchange for anything. Um, I would like to, to thank all of you for being here. For hanging in here and uh, Ria and I had committed ourselves to five years of uh, seeing that this church is established and then maybe the Lord will move us on to somewhere else. Now it's five years now. We don't know. As I said, this is a church of closed doors and open doors. Um, Lucas um, came along and I'm glad because this young man has come into my life also to enrich my life. To see that there is still hope 
for our young people to take up the call of the Lord seriously and earnestly and zealously. And I've watched him develop, grow. Um, I think he's more wise at his age than I was at my age. And I ascribe it to the fact that he was in a privileged position of an older grumpy man that could coach him. I did not have that privilege. I made many mistakes, many, many mistakes. Um, so Lucas has, has shown his, his guts to take up a, a difficult ministry in a town where um, people are exposed to difficult circumstances and churches and church life is difficult in this town. And so Lucas, after four years and a bit, I would like to thank you and, and Surieta for taking up this challenge. Uh, recently, Lucas and I are meeting on a Friday morning at our house on the farm. He's driving out there and we pray together. And those are times of uh, precious times where we can seek the Lord's face in prayer for our congregation. And we do not just pray for CBC Mokopane. We pray for other churches. We pray for missionaries. We pray for people who suffer. So this is what we do. Um, just, just one other thing that I would like to mention. Uh, David Fru and I came through one day to Mokopane to see where we can get a place together uh, together for worship to start the church. Uh, we went to see a man, um, it was those days, it was fruit and veg, I don't know what they call it today, still fruit and veg, whatever. And the man said to us there, uh, ask the high school, um, that was a closed door for us. And uh, then we decided, but there's so many Dutch Reformed churches here, why don't we approach one of them? So. Our first stop was at this church. So we knocked on the man's door and uh, the pastor opened and uh, we told him who we are and we said, is it possible that we could use the hall? And he said to us, who are you? What do you believe? And we shared with him. And I saw in his study on the bookshelves that he has the right books there. And that gave me an impression that, okay, this man is, is okay. And as we started talking, I challenged him on his theology. And I heard that it was good. And he said, but why don't you use the church building? I said, well, we never thought of that. We're just looking for a small place. And he said, no, use the church building. I said to him, but uh, how much will it cost us? He said, well, what do you have in mind? I said, I have nothing in mind because we start from scratch. He said, but how about a thousand rand a month? I said to him, deal. And that is how God had opened the door. And then I saw something else in his, in his study and outside here, the five solas. And I realized the Lord has led us to the, light, to the right place. And it's five years later, and we still only pay 1,000, is it 1,200 rand now? 
1100 per month and we have access to all the facilities and these people are good to us in talking to them we have received more love from this Dutch Reformed Church than we have received from many many other people with whom we are working with they consider us to be a mission outreach from their side they see us as their brothers and sisters in Christ with whom they can work to reach into a community which they cannot now many people would ask but why did you not come and start an Afrikaans church and and I just said there's enough Afrikaans churches in this in this town we need an English-speaking church in this town a biblical English-speaking church that can reach out to the whole community of Mokopane so that we can also reach into the hearts and minds of people from different cultures and different backgrounds and the Lord is doing just that look around you who do you see and this is the body of Christ and what a joy it is so far to work with this church my prayer and Ria's prayer uh, uh, are with you that the Lord will continue to use us as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ many people have asked but why is the growth so slow don't ask me or Lucas that you go on your knees and then you ask the Lord that and hear from him why that is so and maybe you will receive an answer I think I have an answer but it is for you to find out um, and therefore I would like you to turn in your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 18 because Acts chapter 18 is a, is a, a story of open and closed doors or closed and open doors now before we I'm just not going to read the entire passage because I want to focus on two people this morning and it's two people a husband and a wife because a husband and wife always work together for the gospel of the kingdom it's always like that God has used people like you and me to build this church so the focus will not be on the people per se although God has allowed those people's names and what they have done throughout the history of the church so that we may see that without God we cannot but without us God will not he is using us for his glorious purposes here on earth and we need to do it in our generation to glorify him and then he will take us away home to where we belong in heaven are you looking forward to that now before we start reading I would like to thank um, Daniel Hovey and uh, Hein and his wife who came and helped us with the, the worship did you did you enjoy the singing it was good isn't it so you can tell them to move to Mokopane they don't have to stay in a place where they shouldn't they can stay here um, but open your Bibles thank you brothers and sisters for your help may God bless you 
In Acts chapter 18, I'm going to read to you the first few verses and, and then skip from there and go to the other part of Acts chapter 18, but I will announce. In Acts 18, after this, Paul's, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of, of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for, um, and worked for they were tent makers by trade. And uh, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. Now please turn with me to verse 18 and up to verse 28. Now after this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria and with him Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, so you see, uh, if Lucas is now taking people there from Makopane and tell them to come and stay here with him and work here with him, it's biblical. Okay. At Kenchria he had cut his hair for he was uh, under a vow. And they came to Ephesus and he left them there, that's Priscilla and Aquila. But he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Now, as I mentioned to you that uh, Acts 18 is the story of closed and open doors. This is the history of Christ Baptist Church Mokopane. Paul at one stage wanted to go to Asia in Acts 16, but it says there that the Holy Spirit closed that door. He couldn't. Now, we, if you read it, you ask the question, why? And you say, but why? Why is he mentioning the Holy Spirit closed the door? Well, God first wanted a door into Europe before he would give him opportunity to go to Asia. And that is what happened. So actually the Lord closes a door, 
but he opens another door. And that is how God is working throughout the New Testament era, and that is how he is still working today. Now, at first, Paul did not stay long in, in, in Ephesus because he moved from place to place to encourage, look at this, to encourage the disciples. What is that? To encourage the believers. What does it mean to encourage? To keep their eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is to help them to see the light of the gospel and to see the hope that they are called to. To make them see that this world is not their own and their home. That this world is just a passing through to our eternal destiny to be with Christ in heaven. That is what this means to encourage the disciples. And it is here that we notice an important shift in this story. Now I want you to see what is happening in a narrative. In other words, in a story. Who is the great author of this story? God Almighty. The one great eternal God. He is the one that holds your life in His hand. He closes a door if He doesn't want you to go through that door, and He opens another door so that you can be for His glorious purposes here on earth. Acts 13, 36, it says clearly there, after David served God's purposes in his generation, he died and he was buried with his father. Look at this, brothers and sisters. We are here to serve God's purposes, not our own. And we belong to His church. That is a great privilege. And that is what we are doing here. Now, yes, the two is a husband and a wife who committed their life in serving alongside Paul show their worth. Now, listen carefully. When Claudius ordered that all Jews leave Rome, they were spread across Europe to do what? To serve the glorious purposes of God. And it's where Paul met these two wonderful people. And these people helped him along. Listen, in Romans 16, verse 3 and 4, we read, he says, Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ, who risked their necks for my life. Can you see that? Now, this is why I'm talking to you as church members, as congregants of the body of Christ. When you serve in the church of Jesus Christ, you serve there to support those who teach the word of God. That is God's glorious purposes for you and me in the ministry. And together we stand and together we fall. Together we cry and together we rejoice. Together we stir up the faith of believers and together we bemoan when things are not going well. And Paul says, they risk their necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. In other words, these people, these two people became very well known in Europe, in Asia, minor. 
They were ready and willing to travel with Paul and support themselves and him because they were tent makers by trade. They were willing to relocate for the sake of the new church plants where the Apostle Paul went. And upon arrival in Ephesus, it says in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 19, Paul opened, they opened their house to the church and was mentioned in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Greet Priscilla and Aquila in whose house there is a church. That was our church. But now comes another twist in the story, in the next couple of verses that we read together. Apollos appeared on the scene. He was a Jew from Alexandria. Now, Alexandria is a city in, in Egypt. That city was uh, planted there by Alexander the Great 300 years earlier. And here was this Apollos, and there was a great Jewish school there, and he was trained in that school, and he was very eloquent. He was a very learned man. If you have a different translation, you will see there what it says. He was an intellectual, in other words. But who was this man? Look there in verse 24. A Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man. In other words, someone who could do his work very well. He could speak fluently, eloquently. Um, that is what we read. And he was competent in Scripture. Now, being competent means you know the Scriptures. You know the facts of Scripture. It also says that he was fervent in spirit. That means he spoke with energy and conviction. Uh, you know, he wasn't standing there half dead in the pulpit. This man was an energetic man. Uh, he could speak well. And, and it also states that he spoke accurately about Jesus. Look at the wording there. But, a big but, B-U-T, but... He only knew about the baptism of John. Now, what does that mean? Simply this, Apollos knew probably enough of the unfolding of God's plan of salvation up to and including the ministry of John the Baptist. He probably knew what John said in, uh, in John 1.29. There is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Can you see that he knew everything? And, and this, this we deduct from how Priscilla and Aquila explained the gospel to him. Yet how do you instruct a learned man? Here is Priscilla and Aquila. Not learned, they were tent makers. But there was a big difference. Not only they knew the, the facts of the gospel, they knew the gospel itself. They knew the Christ of the gospel. That's what, what is uh, different with, the, with these people. We can ask, how do you instruct a learned man, a cleverly well-educated man, a, a man probably, well, in our day, we would say, how would you instruct a man who has a Ph.D., in theology. I mean, isn't that outrageous? Well, that is what happened. 
He knew the facts. He was fervent in spirit. He was excited. He was full of conviction. He preached effectively to the Jews and also others. But why did nothing happen? Now, there's two ways to go about it. You could rebuke him. You could oppose him. But no, you don't do that. What do you do? You help him. And that is what Priscilla and Aquila did. They took him into their home. And they said to him probably something like this. Brother, because they were fellow Jews. Man, you know the scriptures well. But can we help you to find you? Read with me again. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Can you see that? Something was short. Let's see how our extraordinary God used ordinary people like Priscilla and Aquila to instruct a very learned man, an able man, an energetic man to explain the gospel of Christ more accurately and how it ended up in Massive, wonderful results for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason why I want to show you this is so that you can be encouraged to go out as ordinary people of CBC Mokopane to go out into this world and explain Jesus Christ more accurately. And I'm going to do it uh, by an illustration that I'm taking from the Reformation. Now there's a, a, a man, there was a man in England by the name of Hugh Latimer. Hugh Latimer was born in 1490 and he died 65 years later in 1555. Now this man was a real Apollos. He was very learned. He was well taught, well educated in the universities of his day and a very eloquent speaker, well known in Roman Catholic circles in those days. His knowledge of scripture, history tells us, was above excellent. And as a bishop, he had a strong influence in the church. So he was not a Mickey Mouse. Latimer, Latimer would later be burned at the stakes for his stance uh, on uh, his stance on justification by faith alone. And while they were tied to the poles, he and three, four others, the other man was was next to him, was um, a certain uh, Nicholas Ridley. And Hugh Latimer looked at him while the fire was already burning under them, and their hands were tied behind their back. He said to Ridley, be brave, Master Ridley, and play the man. 
we shall this day by the grace of God light such a candle in England as I trust shall never be put out. Brothers and sisters, it's almost 500 years later and the gospel candle still burns bright in England. Now this is what he said. But the strange thing, however, and I, I need to share the story further with you. The strange thing is, was that being a bishop in the church, Latimer was not saved. He knew the Bible almost in a way that no one else did. But he did not know the God of the Bible. He wasn't born again. He did not know how the gospel was to be applied to his own life. He did what everybody else did in his day by believing that doing good to others and uh, not steal and not lead a, a miserable, immoral life, that that would be enough for him to get heaven's doors open. Now, God has the strangest ways, my brother and sister, to prove His sovereign grace. How did He do it? There was a monk, uh, not a monkey, a monk. In the Roman Catholic Church, it was actually the lowest of people. And this man, by the name of Bilney, he was also known as Little Bilney, was truly born again. And he admired this learned uh, Hugh Latimer. Bilney was not learned. Nobody really took notice of Bilney. Yet this Bilney was thinking of a way that he could get through to Latimer. Because he believed that Latimer could be a very powerful instrument in God's hand if he could just know the Lord Jesus Christ personally. Can you see that when a man is truly born again, he can know whether someone else is not born again. Do you see that? Now, since Latimer was a priest, he, it was required of him uh, to hear the confession of church members. Now, you know in the Roman Catholic Church, there is a little booth, if I may call it like that, and, and you, the priest would sit inside and there was a little curtain and you would come and you would say your confessions and, and then he would answer you from the inside, give you some counseling. Now, it was when Latimer was on duty to hear the confessions of the people that Bilney approached him and asked if he could come to him for confessions and Latimer agreed. And so, what did Bilney do? He confessed to Latimer how Jesus died for his sins on the cross. And how he now by faith accepted the righteousness of God through Christ that was imputed to him by grace and not by his good works. And for the first time, Hugh Latimer heard a clear explanation of the liberating power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Latimer was saved in that confessional. How about that? By whom? By Christ. But who led him to Christ? 
little Bomi, of whom nobody took any notice. And this was the starting of the Reformation in England. Because when Hugh Latimer accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, something went on in the Roman Catholic Church. Latimer stood up and started preaching the gospel. What was the end result? He was burnt at the stakes for his faith. Now, is this not what the situation was with, the, with Apollos? As Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they probably had the same reaction. Wow, this man knows the scriptures. But there's something missing. And we need to fine-tune him. Can you see whom God had used? An ordinary husband and an ordinary wife, born again, filled with the Spirit of God, were able to explain more adequately so that he could preach more correctly Jesus Christ is the only Savior. Is this not what the church is called, uh, 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 what Christ has called the church to do? For you and me to know him and to know the power of his resurrection, to become one with him in his suffering. And to know that he has called us until death just to do that as members of the body of Christ. What was the reaction of Priscilla and Aquila? Let's invite him home so we can instruct him properly concerning Jesus, our Savior. Now closer to home, when Ria and I were young people living in Pretoria, there was a young man who was born again within the Dutch Reformed Church. He was saved. And he was so excited that he, every lunch hour he would go and stood there on church plane and he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But man, there was a lot of things missing in his preaching. But a faithful elder from the Arcadia Baptist Church, Farnodia, who was a lawyer and he heard him one day as he was going to hand in some stuff at the high court, heard this young man fired up preaching the gospel. And he went to him and he said to him, would you like to have dinner with me and my wife tonight? Tonight They owned the Pretoria Hotel. And Henny Fenter was invited there. And he was fine-tuned by Fano Deer and his wife. What do you think would be his answer, this very learned man? Something like this, what, what do you mean? Did Jesus really come already? The Messiah, God's Messiah? Because John only came to announce it because he only knew the baptism of John. Now look at verse 26. It says there, he began to speak boldly after they explained it to him. What happened? Listen, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And what happens next? And when he crossed to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him. 
I can just imagine. He was preaching so fervently now about the real Christ that they said to him, preach on, preacher, preach on. That's what it is. That's what church members are supposed to do. What happened? The more accurate way of God permeated his mind, his thinking, his preaching. And when he arrived in Corinth, God used his preaching ministry mightily. In Achaia, he, he was encouraged by the brothers and he encouraged them. And he helped those who by grace believed. Isn't that what we are called for? What more do you need? When you read here further, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Will you do that? Now let me in closing give you a few applications, practical applications. Just knowing the scriptures and being able to reason from the scriptures is not enough. You must know the Christ of the scriptures. Jesus said, many will in the last days say to me, did we not do miracles in your name, drive out demons and preach? I will say to them, go away, you wicked people. Because they did not know Jesus. Jesus said there, you did not do the will of my Father. What is the will of the Father that we should know His Christ? Whom He sent. You know the Bible, my brother and sister. You may be able to teach the Scriptures. But you might still be lost. If you come to Christ in faith and throw yourself wholly upon Him, have you seen the wrath of God that is kindled against the world because there is no one that is righteous, no one that seeks God? Now is the time, says the Bible, to repent from your sins because you are up against a holy God. This, how do you call it in English? But this sutsapache, candy-coated preaching of our days that we hear and see of a Jesus begging with tears that people would come, ach, don't you want to come and accept me? No, that is not the gospel. The gospel is that you are up against the holy God. Because the Bible says, he who does not believe stands already condemned. In other words, you are waiting for the final verdict, go to hell. So what must we do? See yourself in the light of that holy God. As Isaiah, when he saw himself, what did he do? He cried out, woe is me, I am lost and I live among lost people. Repent and be saved. Do you see that? Plead his forgiveness and accept his forgiveness while it is still today. 
The second practical application concerns the different people God is using in His church. Aquila and Priscilla were just like you and me. They were not Paul, they were not Peter, they were not John. They were not highly educated, but they know Jesus as Christ and Lord and Savior. Did you see that Priscilla and Aquila were preaching? No. But they knew Him. And they knew how the gospel fit together. They were able to explain the way of God more accurately than many others. <laughs> I mean, how much time did they spend with Paul? Do you think that they should know? <laughs> Do you think that you would escape the Apostle Paul if he wants to explain the gospel of Christ to you? You wouldn't. But you see, the Holy Spirit, just as the Holy Spirit has endowed Priscilla and Aquila with the knowledge of the scripture at the new birth you have received the Holy Spirit of God John says you have the anointing of the Holy One and you know everything so what must you do go and serve don't try to covet other people's gifts you don't know what God has gifted them with and if you see God is using in them in a way with their giftedness that's not your problem your duty is to find out what must you do within the body of Christ to make Christ more known among people don't covet others if you're not sure what your giftedness is then ask our Savior who freely gives when we ask him and he will and the Lord third application and the last one is what Jenny has mentioned here this morning so maybe she had insight in my sermon before I had prayer prayer for laborers in the field pray my brother and sister pray that the Lord will add those whom he has earmarked for eternal life here in Mokopani Pray that God will bring them in. Go, as Jesus said in Matthew 9.37, He said to His disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His field. Do you hear that? Pray the Lord of the harvest that He would send laborers into his field I remember very well many years ago myself and two elders went up in the Sotpansberg mountains and we went and we prayed a night in prayer Lord please send us men to come and help us and the Lord answered our prayers within a month we were blessed with three men, qualified elders, who could help us and lead the church. And with their help, we could plant a church in Messina. We could plant a church in Sabasa. And we have witnessed the work of the Lord. Now it depends on any one of you. You and me and you. Someone said that it is by many that God saves few. 
or let me change it is by many that God saves some but he will you and I need to answer the call of the Lord do you know Jesus Christ have you met him did you see yourself in the light of his holiness are you willing to repent of your sins and accept him as Christ and Lord are you willing to say, Lord, what are my gifts and how can I use them for your glorious purposes? And Lord, use me as a prayer warrior that your name be praised. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And we pray that the next five years, if you tarry that long to come, that we will be in your service as faithful stewards of what you have entrusted to us. In your name we pray this. Amen.